0: Welcome back to the Field Goals Podcast. I am Dan Viennes. It is week nine in the NFL and your Seahawks are five and three and they sit all alone in first place in the NFC West. We're going to take a look ahead today to their matchup against the Arizona Cardinals in their rematch against the Cardinals and what really began their defensive turnaround. And we're going to get a little help looking at the Cardinals from Jordan Brooks. Got a chance to chat with him this week. And uh, he's going to give his thoughts on what he thinks the key to the Seahawks' defensive turnaround is and what it's like facing Kyler Murray, especially from his vantage point. But first, we have some breaking news. Just before I hit record, the league announced a whole bunch of awards, and the Seahawks won a whole bunch of those awards. First of all, uh, that storied rookie class that's been talked about so much around the league and is really gaining steam uh, this season for the Seahawks. Um, both NFL Rookie of the Month awards go to Seahawks. Offensive Rookie of the Month in the entire league, Kenneth Walker III, and the Defensive Rookie of the Month in the NFL. If I can spit that out, that's a lot. It's a lot. Uh, Tariq Wallen, of course. Walker for the month. There were five games during this period. Uh, that was evaluated, 432 yards rushing and five touchdowns. Woolen, of course, three of his four picks and two fumble recoveries. It is the first time in NFL history since they started doing this back in 1996, I believe, that both of the awards have gone to teammates. Pretty cool. And one of their other teammates got some accolades today as well. The NFC Offensive Player of the Month is Geno Smith. His resurgence continues over the last month, 69% completion percentage for 1,207 yards, nine touchdowns, one interception, a passer rating of 111.7. He also rushed 25 times for 143 yards. Outstanding month by all three of those guys, and they take home a bunch of hardware today. Pretty darn cool. Uh, Something else that happened this week was the trade deadline. No major movement by the Seahawks. uh, Really no reports of them looking into anything on what was a record-setting trade deadline. More trades at the deadline this year than ever, and some big names. Some big names changing zip codes. Bradley Chubb, probably the biggest deal, heading over to the Miami Dolphins. Um, Not a full sell-off from the Denver Broncos. We had heard that they were thinking about or at least entertaining uh, the idea of trading Jerry Judy and some other players as well, but... Um, they ship Bradley Chubb off to the Miami Dolphins, and the Dolphins sign him to a massive contract extension today. So the Dolphins are all in and going for it. The Broncos not quite sure. Um, we'll see how that works out for them. But the Seahawks stand pat. They just make one move. They they release. They tried did did try to trade Sidney Jones, the veteran corner, the former UW star. Um, it, and they ended up releasing him because they couldn't find a taker. No one willing to give up a draft pick. Um, look, this, this is simply a sign of how far that defensive backfield has come for the Seahawks in the last year. That they pick up Sidney Jones for a late round pick last year, and he becomes their best corner by the end of the year. And this year, there's so much depth that uh, there wasn't a place for him. You know, the young guys, Mike Jackson on the left side, Wolin, of course, Kobe Bryant in the slot. And now we're going to get Trey Brown back, might even be activated this week. Carroll said he was a full go. We'll talk about injuries coming up in a little bit. So no major impactful. Obviously, the big trade in the NFC West happened a week before the deadline, week and a half with the 49ers picking up Christian McCaffrey, who had his breakout game over the weekend with a touchdown passing, rushing and receiving. 49ers on their bye this week, so even more time to incorporate McCaffrey into their offense. We'll see where that goes. Uh, Let's take a look at this matchup. Let's take a look at the two teams and and kind of where they stack up now as opposed to three weeks ago in relation to the league and then in relation to each other. Um, First of all, let's go right to DVOA because this is where the Seahawks just continue to climb. Um, They are sixth overall in the league right now. The only team remaining on their schedule, who has a higher DVOA ranking of the Kansas City Chiefs. The 49ers, though, do sit right behind them at 7th. And, and really the big part of, the big contributor to the Seahawks moving up in those overall rankings is the improvement of the defense. They were 31 in DVOA, I believe, three weeks ago. They are now 11th on defense, 7th on offense. That's been pretty consistent. And even they've had a couple of notable mishaps on special teams, but their special teams are ninth overall as well. Arizona in DVOA is 30th overall. Their offense is ranked 26th, and their defense is ranked 19th. Uh, Kind of matching up head-to-head on the stats, Seattle's offense averaging 352 yards per game. That's 12th in the league. Arizona's defense giving up 362 yards per game. That's 22nd in the league. Seattle's offense averaging 26.3 points per game. Fourth in the league. Arizona's defense giving up 26.3 points per game. Did you catch that? <laughs> Seattle's offense scoring exactly the same amount of points per game that Arizona's defense is giving up. So, uh I would imagine the over under this week and I'm not a gambling guy. Uh for Seattle would be 26 points? I'm just guessing. Uh, That ranks 30th in the league for Arizona on defense. Meanwhile, Arizona's offense, middle of the pack, 14th in the league in both yards per game and points per game. They're averaging just under 23 points a game. And Seattle's defensive numbers really don't tell the story. They're still 27th in the league overall in yards per game, 26th in points per game at 25. But we know how much they've improved. And since that last meeting two weeks ago, you look at it, someone said to me the other day, like, ah, I think that Arizona offense is, is heating up. And indeed, the big change for the Cardinals since the Seahawks faced them three weeks ago is the end of the suspension of DeAndre Hopkins. They get DeAndre Hopkins back. Uh, they're still missing some of their other skill guys. Uh, Marquise Brown is still out injured. James Conner, um, limited in practice still. He might not go. But they get DeAndre Hopkins back, and he's doing DeAndre Hopkins things. In the two games since he's come back, 22 catches, 262 yards, and a touchdown. And he played, uh, primarily he plays on the left side. They move him around some, but primarily he plays on the left side. He played 80% of his snaps last week on the left side, which means most of the time, he will be matched up against Tariq Wollin, and Hopkins actually had some really nice things to say about Wollin, called him one of the best young corners in the game. Um, but here's what's happened since they met two weeks ago. Of course, the Seahawks go 2-0 over that span with wins over the Chargers and Giants, who had a combined record of 10-3, and three, by the way. Um, and the Seahawks' defense only giving up 18 points a game over that stretch. But someone said to me the other day, boy, that Cardinals offense with Hopkins is really coming along. And they did score 40 against the Saints two weeks ago. But two of those were pick sixes by the defense. If you take those out, the Cardinals' offense of the last two games averaging 27 points a game. Kind of right there with with what they've been doing for the season. Uh, But DeAndre Hopkins changes the game, really does. And you could see the impact it had on Kyler Murray. Had his best game of the year against Minnesota last week, even though they lost that game. So the Cardinals one and one over the last two weeks. Murray, 31 out of 44, 326 yards, three touchdowns, ran six times for 36 yards. Seahawks will take those numbers and threw two interceptions. And so, you know, it's always interesting to see when two teams play so quickly after facing each other just a couple of weeks ago. And then the Cardinals with the new look with Hopkins. I'm always fascinated to see, like, you know, what were there parts of the playbook, parts of the game plan that, that one team or another kind of held back? Now, Murray did have success running against the Seahawks last time. Uh, ran for over 100 yards and a touchdown. Um, but obviously, the marquee matchup in this game is going to be Tariq Woolen going up against DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, and, and again, the Cardinals are battling some injuries. We'll talk about those in a minute. But first... Uh, I had some help looking ahead to to this Cardinals game this week. Uh, Jordan Brooks, the Seahawks linebacker. um, First of all, he's teamed up with Campbell's Chunky Soup for their Chunky Sacks Hunger campaign, aimed at providing meals for those in need. For every sack the Seahawks record this season, Campbell's will donate 1,000 meals, and it's a cause that's near and dear to his heart. As Jordan grew up, youngest of seven kids in a family that did experience financial challenges and even experienced homelessness for a period of time. Brooks delivered some of those cans of soup in person this week at the Plymouth housing complex. I got to watch some of that, some incredible reactions from some of the people, most of them uh, elderly women who were so excited uh, not only to receive the charity, but also, um, to see Jordan Brooks. And one woman in particular was moved to tears and she was wearing a Seahawks gear and she was so excited to see him. Uh, we got to talk a little bit of football after that though. And, um, and, Brooke, Jordan had some interesting things to say. For starters, when I asked him about what was the key to the Seahawks' turnaround on defense over the last three three games, he didn't mention a single thing about scheme or game planning or X's and O's, but he did talk about pride.
1: Guys just tired of getting smacked in the face. Uh, we, got, we got beat up there for a while, I think three games in a row. and uh, Kind of had a come-to-Jesus meeting. And, um, you know, everybody just held each other accountable and just decided that we want to play better as a unit. And um, I think that's what we've been doing.
0: Uh, indeed they are. And now that the defense is playing on par with the offense, expectations from fans and the media have changed. And as the Seahawks currently sit in first place in the NFC West, they're being talked about as a potential playoff team. But according to Brooks, none of this is a surprise, and they have had high expectations all along. Yeah, um, saw it way back in OTAs. Um, a young
1: team kind of a new era, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's a new energy. Um, I think we're starting to catch rhythm right now as a team. So I'm excited to where we could take it. Uh, we could take it as far as we want to. And so
0: just got to take it week by week and, and just keep going. Week by week. And this week, of course, the Seahawks face the Cardinals and quarterback Kyler Murray for the second time in three weeks. For Brooks, who was charged at times of spying on Murray the last time around, it's a unique challenge. And he had an unexpected analogy when trying to describe how difficult it is to keep tabs on Murray.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's
0: always a different week playing um, a quarterback
1: like him. He's got a different style to him. Um, you see him running around. I always say it's like chasing a little toddler around with the way that he runs. And so he's dynamic if you let him get out of the pocket. So it's always a challenge facing a quarterback like him.
0: <laughs> I don't think I'm going to be able to get that analogy out of my head. Now, when I watch Kyler Murray and his little, uh you know, I, I always, one of these days I want to see somebody take, take tape of Murray scrambling. There was one run in particular against Seahawks where he ran about 70 yards to gain 10 and the way he holds the ball down by his side and he kind of runs upright and those, those little choppy legs. I want someone to take the Benny Hill theme song and put it over a highlight like that of Murray. Um, Look, this is going to be the key to this game because the Cardinals have not been able to run the football. Uh, Eno Benjamin did nothing against the Seahawks three weeks ago. It may be him again, James Conner, with that rib injury still limited in practice. Um, so it's going to be about can they cover Hopkins and they, can they keep Murray contained? And now with the threat of Hopkins, Rondale Moore in his second year had his best game as a pro last week working mostly out of the slot. And he's kind of a dynamic player. There were plans, there was talk this preseason that Moore might be used in sort of a Debo Samuel kind of way and be used out of the backfield. And then he got that groin injury right at the end of camp and and was limited, missed the first few weeks. He's just now getting back ingrained in the offense. Um, So they lose Hollywood Brown, but they get Hopkins back, and now Moore is starting to emerge. But the Seahawks have done such a good job of shutting down the running game as a whole and the teams they've faced in the last three weeks. So it's going to be about Murray, Hopkins, and containing Murray. Can you do that? Seahawks tend to, you know, they got the win three weeks ago. That's already a feather in their cap. They tend to play better against this team in Arizona than they do at home. Uh, Checking up on injuries, Cardinals are going to be hurting up front too. Already uh, their center, Rodney Hudson, has been ruled out for this game. And also their starting left tackle, D.J. Humphreys, Day-to-day with a back injury. Kingsbury, not sure if he's going to be able to go. Josh Jones, if you remember him, he was a guy that we talked about a lot in the draft a couple years ago out of Houston. Uh, he would be playing in his absence so that the Cardinals could be down two uh, starting offensive linemen, and, and you could argue they're two best starting offensive linemen. Also, they're a little banged up in their defensive backfield. Um, the two former Huskies, Byron Murphy, the cornerback, and safety Budabaker, Um Murphy limited in practice this week. Baker missed practice with an ankle injury. Not sure if he's going to be able to go. And then uh, James Conner sounds like he's kind of day-to-day. It might be a game-time decision with that rib injury. Seahawks, meanwhile, Pete Carroll says, we're getting as as healthy as we've been. And really, really good news across the board for the Seahawks this week. In their first injury report yesterday, the only two Seahawks that sat out were Mar- Marquise Goodwin and Daryl Taylor. Um. Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf both practiced in a limited basis, and, and I just have to say this too. I said on the show last week, "Be careful with DK. Patellar tendon injury, even though it's not a tear, hurt a lot of two to four weeks. Got the bye coming up in two weeks. Let's not take any chances. Thought we could win this game without him. Was surprised that he was he was activated. Was surprised to see him out there, and he didn't look he didn't look hurt at all." You know, what's the old saying that, you know, are you hurt or are you injured? He didn't look injured for sure. He wasn't favoring that leg. He looked 100%. Seahawks targeted him. Uh, He looked great. Um, So if those two guys are are out there, obviously that's an advantage. And then uh, I was really concerned during the game when Austin Blythe went down with that knee injury. Um, Kyle Fuller has, has had opportunities to play over the last couple of years and hasn't played well. But from all accounts from the things that I have read and the, and the people that I trust when it comes to offensive line evaluation, he played pretty well. Um, and so maybe the backup center isn't as big a concern as we thought it was coming into this game. Um, Cause the giants have an outstanding interior defensive line too. Um, and he did get kind of pancaked and bull rushed early, but once, once he got his feet under him himself, figurative, figuratively and literally um, he held up pretty well against those guys uh, in the middle. Um, but Blythe, practiced on a limited basis yesterday. And it sounds like he might be good to go. Also, Penny Hart's going to be back. Um, uh, the team elevated Kate Johnson last week um, in his stead and Trey Brown was a full go or uh, Carol said he'd be a full go in practice this week, the second year corner. And so that just, you know, we talked about that depth, the, uh, the luxury of being able to, to release Sydney Jones when they did after trying to trade him that Trey Brown, as good as he looked last year before he hurt his knee, um, full go, just gives them even more depth. And and it sounds like Artie Burns is pretty close too. So th- that cornerback group is going to be really deep. Uh, and again, about as healthy as they've been. Uh, if they can just get through, through these next two weeks without any major injuries and get into the bye week, uh, they should be in good shape for the for the stretch run. Um, around the rest of the division, I mentioned the 49ers on their bye this week at four and four. They have been, uh, I've, I've, I've seen the R word. I've seen the R word being used with the 49ers this week. They are resurgent now, especially with the addition of Christian McCaffrey. Uh, And so that's going to be interesting to watch. But the other game involving an NFC West team, we're going to want to keep our eyes on that too, because the Rams play the Buccaneers. The Rams at three and four really struggling. Uh, There was a lot of smoke at the trade deadline that they were making a big time push to get Brian Burns to add to that pass rush. Um, that they were even offering, uh, one report was they were offering a quarterback-type package, which would have included future first-round draft picks. We know the Rams like to do that. Uh, And then playing Tampa Bay. So the Rams kind of reeling, and then playing Tampa Bay has lost three in a row to drop to three and five. And, of course, that's the Seahawks' opponent a week from now in Germany. So uh, we'll have to keep an eye on that. Uh, loser, that's game. Loser of that game is gonna is gonna have a really really hard road the rest of the season in the NFC. Um, listen, if you like the podcast and you want to help, here's how you can do it. First of all, subscribe to the podcast on whichever platform you listen to it on, and that gives you notifications whenever there's. Whenever there's a, a new episode, you know, we do the, I do the rapid reaction show and the preview show later in the week. Dana does a midweek show, but if there's breaking news or there's something significant or, or we just want to have some fun or, or get a cool guest on, you never know when we're going to pop up. Right? So you will get notifications if you subscribe, but that also by subscribing, it helps the podcast gives us better placement on the platforms uh, that we're available on. Same with sharing us, just, you know, send us out on Twitter, retweet us if you like it, but also you can leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. I know you can do this. 90% of you listen to this on Apple Podcasts. I'm not as familiar with all the other uh, platforms out there, but if there's a way to review us, we'd love to have a review if you like what we're doing. Uh, and help make up for the one-star review we got a couple weeks ago from the guy who called me a Twitter hot take guy, which I kind of took as a sort of a badge of honor. Don't really think I have the hot takes, but but hey, you know what? now. I might be able to get Twitter verified and get a blue check for $8 a month, huh? Um, <laughs> regardless, follow me on Twitter at Seahawks Forever. Follow Field Goals at Field Goals and of course, read fieldgoals.com. I'm sorry. I've I've worked for some Seahawks websites out there. I've read them all. Nobody does it better than Field Goals. It was uh, primarily the reason that I accepted this, this gig. Uh, I just have so much respect for the website and the, and the wall-to-wall daily coverage. I mean, they are on top of every little detail. Just check out the website and you'll see what I mean. Um, it's fun being in the message thread with those guys as they coordinate all this stuff. The second news is breaking, those guys are on it with uh, with their unique takes and analysis. So, definitely do yourself a favor and read fieldgoals.com. Also, check out Dana's episode this week. She looks into the popularity of the NFL in Germany as the Hawks get set to travel to play the Bucks there next week and Dana will be at the game. Uh, I think she's just going to the game. She's at least going to be in Germany, um, kind of experiencing things as a Seahawk fan there overseas. So check that out as well. That's going to do it for today. The Seahawks take on the Cardinals Sunday. Uh, man, you win. You get to 6-3 and three, facing a, a downtrodden Buccaneers team going into the bye week. How much fun is this, right? Thanks for listening again. I'm Dan. I'll talk to you soon.